See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Oh my gosh. We are back. Well, I am back for what is uh, Slow Robot A Go-Go, show 296. That's a lot of show. Uh, my name's Mal, and this is, of course, the world-famous podcast dedicated to uh, B through Z Gray's movies. Although this week... Uh, I might have been a little self-indulgent. I wouldn't exactly call what I chose this week a B-movie... But I guess maybe kind of it is. It's hard to dis. Well, I'll let you be the judge. Um, Doctor Morbius is on hiatus, or uh, he's been exiled from uh, parts unknown, or back to parts unknown, or I don't know. We'll see. We're gonna see if we can uh, get some kind of a Skype thing going on, but mm, we'll see. I'm cautiously optimistic, but you never know. Uh, we'll figure it out. Eh, so, well, in the meantime, you're stuck with me, Mal. And uh, hopefully that's okay, too. I'll start out this week by, uh, you know, going over a little bit of what I watched. I, I was kind of B-movie crazy this week, let me tell you. Uh, even, not even for the show, just for the heck of it, I watched uh, Space Mutiny. Now, Space Mutiny is a, is a movie, uh, you know, with Red Brown, and it's, uh, it, it's total cheese and... If you're a fan of MST, you know it from MST, Mystery Science Theater 3000. This was one of, my, in my opinion, one of the top ten, maybe, you know, top 20, top ten. Uh, I certainly really like it. It's a very funny um, ribbing, riffing, however you want to, whatever they call it now, I guess riffing. Uh, you know, Mystery Science Theater, I, I've always loved the show. I love, but I also like watching the movies without it, too. Because you kind of get to see it a little bit different, you know, because they do cut out some parts. So I watched Space Mutiny. Uh, it's streaming now on Netflix, you know, or, or maybe it was on uh, Amazon Fire. I get those two mixed up, and they, they probably are competing with each other, which is good for us, the end user, uh, until net neutrality ruins all that. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where I was like, oh, well, here it is, and I'm going to watch it, you know. And I've seen, I can go pretty much go line for line, but in my head I'm also hearing uh, Crow and... And Mike Nelson and all and uh, and uh, Servo riffing on it. It's a very funny cheeseball movie. Red Brown is, I, I don't know, um, it's he's a, he's an interesting uh, character or um, he's an interesting uh, actor, not character. Duh. Um, in that he's just. I don't even know what to say about the guy. I, I, I like his movies, but they are terrible. Um, you know, he's been in a couple different movies, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff he's been in. Of course, um, this is produced by David Winters, who is uh, kind of, I don't know. I've, I've watched a lot of his stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Deadly Prey and Death Chase and Phoenix the Warrior. Uh, you know, Hell on the Battleground, Rage to Kill. Like He's done quite a bit, and, and he's still doing stuff, he's still producing stuff, you know, um, he was an actor for quite some time, I, I, I don't think he's still acting, um, I think that, uh, the acting bug has since long, long since gone away, oh no, no, he still has some, he's dancing, and it's, it's on, and Dragon Wolf, and, anyway, enough about that, uh, so Space Mutiny is a, a great fun, if you do like the, um, if you do like the MSC version, I, w I would say go out and check out the other one because, uh, you know, th with the un-MST'd version because it's a great, it's a lot of fun. And I watched a, v a weird one that popped up saying, you should like this because you like horrible stuff. And I said, okay, I will. And, and it was called The Lost Platoon. And this was like a newer movie. Uh, maybe, man, maybe 2009. should do some show research on stuff. I the stuff I watch, I just kind of talk about. I don't do a lot of deep dive into the knowing about the movie. Lost Platoon was basically there's this, there's like a it, there's a platoon of four to six to it looks like it's mainly four guys who are vampires and they've decided to just you know go they just fight in all the battles and all conflicts and wars and they just kind of kill people 
like for the side of they're kind of hinting on the side of good, but um, you know, in World War One, one of the the vampire from the Civil War saved this young guy who became a journalist, and he keeps taking their photos, and he has all these pictures of them circled in all these different like Civil War and all this stuff. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it was pretty bad as far as uh, I don't know it. They they were trying to shoot battle scenes, and that is all always very very difficult. Battle scenes are just if they don't have a lot of money, they look like a bunch of guys running around in a woods or a field. And it was very obvious that whoever produced Lost Platoon really liked Sam Raimi. Uh, did a lot of that whooshing through the uh, forest, which was uh, of course Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, um, but didn't do it quite right. I don't know. Um, you know, when you watch Evil Dead or you watch Army of Darkness, that is uh, some of the best, I don't know, POV, like, sped-up cam that there has ever been made. They're funny, and uh, this one was kind of weird and missing. I didn't hate it, but uh, it was one of those things where at the end of watching it, I was like, eh, okay, we, we get it. No, I'm good. Then I watched Prometheus, which um, I've seen Prometheus numerous times. Um, I watch the I I always watch the Alien movies. I have that the Blammo box set um, that has you know all the stuff from it and and I liked it quite a bit. I love the Alien stuff and I like Prometheus. Prometheus took a lot of heat. Um, I don't know. It really wasn't. Well, it was it was Aliens, but they were kind of saying, look, this isn't Aliens. So if you're going here to look at Aliens. Don't do that, you know. But it was the it was too. I think I think at the time when it came out, there was too much media about it, and it kind of muddied the waters. There'll be a Prometheus too, Electric Boogaloo. Um, that gal at the end, spoiler alert, she took off on the ship with the stupid robot head, and they're flying to where the where those the giant creatures were, and they were they kind of set it up at the end of the film. I think it was it did good enough to get a second one. You know, they'll probably squeeze a trilogy out of it. Everything seems to have three to ten movies attached to it. My God, that Fast and the Furious. I got I came out of the Fast and the Furious movies. I was like, oh, that, this is, you know, I was all jacked up. We were all Fast and Furious fever. Everyone was buying into it. We all wanted to put decals on our car and drive really fast and shift all the time. But, you know, here we are with, like, Fast and Furious 9 or whatever. Are you kidding me? Like, Wow. When they came out the second one, I was like, eh, I don't know. All right, maybe. And I watched, and I was like, no, I think I had enough with, with Fast and Furious 1. And then The Rock came in, and Vin Diesel and The Rock are fighting, but friends, and then Paul Walker died, and they're like, oh, my God, and this is his last one. And you're like, oh, no, stop making these. But they won't. I mean, I think they just print money. You know, these 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 movies seem to have a life of their own. And I never was... Some of them, never quite sure why. You know, like like the Star Wars stuff, I can see it. Star Trek stuff, of course. There's always built-in fans. They love it, you know. Uh, I am very forgiving of most Star Wars stuff. Even the even the lamest stuff, I'm like, well, it's still Star Wars, so I'm not too complaining about it. I'm like that a lot with uh, Terminator. Um, in that, you know, even those crappy Terminator movies, I'm still like, well, I still liked it, because... I don't know, I like Arnold, and I like uh, I like robots from the future killing stuff. That's cool. You know, hey, bring it on. I I, I encourage our robot overlords to come and kill us. Uh, so, you know, I don't mind it, but this one, uh, Prometheus will probably get a bunch more, and you're like, well, mm, okay. I mean, I'll see them, because, well, here I am, in front of a microphone, talking about really, really bad stuff. So when somebody complains about something like Prometheus, I'm like, ha! <laughs> Oh, you. You're crazy. Uh, so. But that's all I watched this week. I only watched a couple. I was, I, I have, I'm going to do a two for this week. Um, I actually am going to, I queued up two different movies I watched. One I was going to do for, I have another show uh, called Asian Cult Cinema. If you go over to uh, RadioStPete.com, um, I do two shows over there. I do one called Asian Cult Cinema where I'm talking just about whatever. It started out as a kung fu movie uh, podcast. A radio show, but boy, it, it um, uh, you watch too many kung fu movies, they kind of become this slurry of nonsense in your head, and you can't even remember like about them. So 
so then I expanded to Asian cult cinema, which is kind of whatever, you know. Um, I'm going to branch off, I think, a lot more into, like, uh, going forward, I'm going to do a lot more of, like, the, uh, you know, samurai flicks and uh, all kinds of stuff, you know. So if you go over there, you can go into audio archives. There's a tab there so you can look up Asian cult cinema if you like that kind of stuff. I'm, there's tons of movies. I think I'm up to, was it show 80 or 90? I can't remember. My brain is going... And then you can also uh, listen to one I've been doing a long time, longer than that one I, I was doing called Indie Circuit. Me and Promi uh, play all kinds of crazy music and talk a little bit, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, so if you like nonsense talk and good, like, kind of alternative, punky, garagey, weird music you'd never hear anywhere else, well, then that's the show for you. Um, and that's the end of my shtick. Sorry. I have to shill a little bit. I was kind of talking to uh, Promi, and I was like, man, you know, I have all these things going on, and I, I, how can I make them, like, work? You know, I have Daddy-O's screen printing, where I do a side business where I'm screen printing, and then, I, you know, I have all these different ideas, and he's like, well, you should, first off, you could, like, you know, cross-promote them, and I was like, hey, that's a pretty good idea, so get ready for the shilling, everyone. The shillinging. No, that's not true. All right, we're going to take a trailer break, and then when we come back, I guess I'm going to do my main course, and then we'll save that little weird one at the end for uh, just a dessert kind of mop-up. I am, I chose for this week, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recowl. Uh, so, you know, buckle up. It's it's an interesting ride into insanity. Here is a trailer break, and I, when I come back, it's time to get your ass to Mars. You know what they say. See a broad to get that booty act <laughs> Leg it down or smack em, yak em. Cold got to be. You know? <laughs> yeah. Somewhere the sun shines. Somewhere the birds sing the glories of a new dawn. Somewhere sanity reigns. But here, here the norm is madness. <coughs> Asylum of the Insane, filmed in horoscope. <coughs> See the thrilling scenes in 3D. Real three-dimensional tear that jumps off the screen and into your lap. <coughs> Rated GP, you must see it from the beginning. No one will be admitted during the last 14 minutes. Asylum of the Insane. Asylum of the Insane. Asylum of the Insane. <laughs> Produced in Hollywood by Maniacs. <laughs> Booby Trap. 40 Claymore mines packed with high explosives that can blow at the slightest shock. No! No, don't, Sarge! I'm too close! No! No! <laughs> Booby Trap. The deadly weapon of an ex-Marine who's starting a war of his own. Booby Trap. Miss Murray, I'm on a criminal investigation, not a pleasure cruise. Booby Trap, where the dragnet or a psychopathic killer turns up other misfits almost as murderous. Get out of my office, you little punk! What are you going to do with that thing? Hey, don't worry about it. You just don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of everything. If you want to be where the action is, be where Booby Trap is. Booby Trap, rated R. Now I swear. The next one of you primates even touches me. The most fantastic weapon of all time is the flying guillotine. Few men have ever been able to operate this death-dealing device, and only one was the master of the flying guillotine. Seymour Bordy and Associates presents the master of the flying guillotine, filmed in Super Cinevision, rated R. Master of the Flying Guillotine. One sure way to get ahead. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. All right, now on to the show. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the top of the show, um, I, I almost feel like guilty selecting this one, because I don't know if this is really a, truly a B-movie. I guess it is. Almost anything with Schwarzenegger in it is kind of a B-movie. I love Schwarzenegger. I grew up... Idol, he's like one of my heroes, you know. Um, the, a, the 80s action genre, in general, you know, Stallone, uh, Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme, you, you know, there was a lot of really top like, uh, action stars, even, like, the Bronson was, was around, he was in a couple, now, he was an older guy, but he still could kill you dead, so, you know, 
and Schwarzenegger in my to to me was top of the top. You know, I love Jean Claude Van Damme. He was always one of my favorites, but Arnold was to me the pinnacle of like action hero success. He, you know, he, there's a lot of stories about him. Some good, some bad. Some about his made. That's not. I don't care. You know, like the people are. You know, the hero I'm. I subscribe to is the guy on the screen, the Terminator, the. You know, this guy. You know, the guy in Total Recall. Uh, you you know, Douglas Quaid or Hauser. You know. So. This will be, I'll probably heap a lot more adoration on this movie than uh, most people would, because uh, uh, people like to p- pick it apart, but, you know, director Paul Verhoeven, you know, he was RoboCop, you know, he made this movie. There was a while, he was making some really incredible stuff. Uh, I'm sure he's still producing, I'm sure he's still doing a lot of a lot of good stuff, but, you know, he, you know, this was a Philip K. Dick story. From what I understand, you know, it was purchased from Philip K. Dick when he was still alive. I think, what was it called? Um, we Can Remember... Uh, we Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Which, I haven't read it, so I'm sure it has nothing to do with what this is. But uh, that's that's the story, is that they purchased it from him. And this was like one of those things where, like... Uh, numerous times it was tried to make... It got tried to make be made, and then, like, fell out in, in development hell for year after year after year. And then finally... You know, uh, Schwarzenegger ended up... He didn't buy it, but... I, I, basically, you know, they bought it for a song, and Schwarzenegger took over a lot of contro- control of the production, you know, and, the, and they brought in... They brought in, actually, two of the writers from Aliens to to finish this script. Because um, there's a lot of intriguing parts from this. I will say... Cause they did a remake of it, I think, 2012. Yes, yeah, so that I think that sounds right. 2012, and it just lacked what this had. You know, you can watch it now, and it's very easy just to watch it. But there was a whole angle of this movie where this might have been an implant, and he might have been dreaming it. They didn't play it up as much because I'm sure they wanted to kind of ha- keep that action feel or that action edge to it. But this was shot that the ending of this could have been that he woke up and it was all a dream. Um, that's not the angle they took. Now I know there's always oh, maybe that's that is what happened. No, it isn't. This, but the 2012 version there was none or 2015. Sorry, whatever. There was none of that. Like that that lost all of the Verhoeven. It lost all of the 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 smart sci-fi angles. You know, it was just this weird entity it, it i don't know i don't know if it flopped but it wasn't it didn't like have the impact a lot of schwarzenegger stuff um if you don't know it you know the catchphrases for god's sake there was a there's a band i have all their stuff because uh, tim lambies tim lambesis got thrown in jail i think he's out now but i doubt this will start back up but there was a band called austrian death machine and they did like metal covers and, and with with arnold singing as an or like somebody who impersonated arnold singing and you know these catchphrases from these movies are so well known you know you're talking about commando and rope or and predator and um running man my god running man was a classic these and he was okay with being who he was that of all these guys i don't think i think arnold embraced it worked really hard to be as good as he could but just had fun with it you know, I, I, yes, these guys all have egos. Um, look, it seems like right now in life, Jean-Claude Van Damme has gotten past the ego and he's kind of not laughing at himself because he, he's done years and years of hard work, but he's embraced who he is. He's not that like really over the top arrogant guy. I'm sure those, there'll be sex scandals from all these guys I've named because that seems to be what's happening all the time now. But, um, you know, Schwarzenegger, was and still is, I think, a very hard-working guy, a gen- like a genuine guy. So he put everything he could into this movie. It was very funny. He, and it was, so Arnold Schwarzenegger played the lead, Douglas Quaid or Hauser, you know. And then um, Rachel Tickleton, Tickleton is what I believe is Molina. There was a couple movies where he had a these very Latin, Latin, 
sidekicks. I don't know if he liked Latin women at that time or if that just was a thing or just circumstance because I think the, the plucky gal from uh, uh, Running Man, another uh, Sharon Stone w- w- played uh, Michael Ironside's wife who was on, on assignment to be uh, Schwarzenegger or Douglas Quaid's wife, you know, and Ronnie Cox was the bad guy and Michael Ironside. So there's a lot of people that came over with Verhoeven from RoboCop. I think they were like, look, we got to get this off the ground and we got to get into production quick because something like this that kind of drops off and doesn't, it was losing steam and they had to get it together and get it on, get it going fast, you know, otherwise it, you'd lose it again and again and again. So, you know, we start out and, and, and uh, Schwarzenegger's having this dream and he's on Mars and then, and, he's, and it's like a weird cryptic dream and he's with this girl and he sits up and, uh, and and then that's when his wife Sharon Stone sits up and says, "What's wrong, honey?" And she's playing the concerned wife. And he's like, "Oh, she's like, you had that dream about Mars again." He's like, "Oh yeah." And then she starts prying at him, like, "Was she there?" You know. And he's like, "Oh, why are you you're so you know jealous of a dream? It's just a stupid dream. Who cares?" Um, and of course, in the dream, it was Rachel or Melina. I'll just call her Melina. It was Rachel Ticotin. Um So he and he and he goes to work and he's a construction worker. <laughs> And his sidekick Harry is like looks like Mr. Whipple, uh, but he's he his job is like he's running a, a jackhammer with sleeves off so he can see his gigantic arms. Second time they did that because they in Running Man he was his job was to carry around steel beams so you could see his gigantic arms. Very funny, like really uh, they loved he had the guns so show him off right. F- sun's out, guns out. Uh, so then he goes to work and he's like, "Hey, uh, he's dreaming about Mars, talking about Mars." And they're like, and he's like, "Hey, you ever hear a recall?" And there's like some in the future. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember when this was said. I'm sure it was in the future of 2017. Uh, instead of going on a vacation, you can just have a vacation implanted in your brain, and you just remember like you went there. Very, uh, very, very uh, Philip K. Dick. You know. Cause you know, like he uh, he wrote the, a lot of the inspiration for Blade Runner. He you know, this guy does a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um, I should be a little bit better versed and read some of his stuff because I'm sure it's I'm a sci-fi fiend, so I'm sure I would love it. Um, I just I'm not a reader. I, you know, I just I watch movies. Um, my Vita Loca. So now he's so he decided and that, that his, his Mr. Whipple's like, oh, don't do that. They'll scramble your brain. And he's like, okay. But then he leaves work and immediately does that. Uh, so he goes into recall. And this is where you're like, oh, this could have gone a different way. Because he's like, they're sitting him down and he's describing, they're like, you could be a secret agent on Mars, you know. And he's like, oh, that sounds great. I'll do that. He's like, and then they're like, oh, you know, you're going to have a great time. And what kind of woman do you want? So he describes the girl and the girl pops up on the screen and, and it's Melina, the one from his dreams. So now there's a problem they run and the, 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 the doctor's like get in here now and the sales rep's like what did you do what did you do and she's like he's like he's having it he's just he's falling into his dream and he's going nuts and this is where she says he he couldn't have because I we haven't done the install yet and then he then she then she goes you know someone has put my brain caps in there in there already so he's already been tampered with in his head and we've just set it off now and he's doing his Schwarzenegger stuff, picking people up and throwing them, and then and he's trying to rip out of this gigantic chair that's so weird looking. And they ju- they shoot him full of juice, and then they're like, and they're like, this is the agency did this, and they're like, just put him in a cab and erase all knowledge that that he's ever been here, because in the future, much like today, you know, you can get murdered for talking sass to a to the to the to the agency uh, or government. So uh, much like today. And he, wow, who knew it was so realistic to life? So now Mr. Whipple, like, he he gets out of this cab, and he's like, oh, I'm so groggy. And Mr. Whipple comes up, and he's like, hey, I told you not to go there. And he's like, what are you doing here, dude? And and they grab him, and they try to murder him. And, then, you know, Schwarzenegger kills all these guys, and he runs up to Sharon Stone, who's playing virtual tennis. Not with the Wii, but it's an actual tennis thing, and there's a hologram in front. I wish it would have been like Freddie Mercury, Mercury, Mercury singing in the back too. That would have been like a very poignant holographic weirdness. It wasn't. So now he's like, "Oh my God, I killed these people!" And she's like, "What did you do?" And she's like, "Just go in the shower and you know, just get a hold of yourself." So she calls 
and all of a sudden the lights go out and she and the bullets are start flying around and he's like oh they they found me get down get down uh, uh what the hell is her name get down Lori and um turns out as she he, the lights are out and he grabs the, the assailant and it's Lori so you know Lori, uh, you know um Shannon Stone tries to kill him numerous times uh to no avail and he he throws her around and you know she's doing pretty good kicking and stabbing and slicing at him and shooting at him but uh, he gets away now there's like then then he he hides in he hides in some like uh ratty motel and the phone rings oh my god they followed him and he picks up and he's like and it's a video phone and i was like oh that's kind of cool you know i like how we have the video phone capability now and no one would use it like like our phones aren't even phones anymore we use it for facebook and texting and stuff like that but when was the last time somebody answered a phone? I mean, like, oh my God, people. We could Skype right now all the time, but I don't think many people do. I, I, mean, I don't see many people doing it. So the video phone craze is in our grasp, and we just, uh, we don't care anymore. That was a Jetsons thing. Um, so now Michael Ironsides is, he plays Richter, and Richter is off his gourd crazy. Um, and it's, I think his sidekick is uh, is Helm. Michael Champion, who's an odd-looking fellow, but uh, he's good. So, so now we have Ironsides and Helm chasing uh, Schwarzenegger, and and, and they're shooting at they shoot up everything. They shoot up. I forgot the one part. They're they're running through like the terminals, and they're shooting and shooting and shooting. People are just dying everywhere. This movie, I, I'm astonished at how many extras are in this movie. Like, I've always aspired. Like, I always wanted to, like try and be in some of these extra, be an extra in some of these movies. I don't think it pays anything, but it'd be there's crowds of people, and there's crowds of people in every shot of this movie. It wasn't like this is one of those B movies where there's four people and that's all you see. There's a lot of people. There's a lot, a lot of like everything is full. Even in the Marscapes, in the bars, in these things, you know. I kind of always think of how many people said, "Oh, this is my scene. This is where I'm standing next to Schwarzenegger as we walk out and look at the at the air coming in to this seedy bar." Because if you look around, there's hundreds of people standing around. Hundreds of people told that story there. I was like, I was in Robo. I mean, I was not RoboCop. I was in, uh, I was in uh, Total Recall. I was standing next to the to the three-breasted lady in the midget when the thing came out. You're like, wow, okay, that sounds like a party. Um, we'll get there. Anyway, murder, murder, murder. Then there's a scene where <laughs> there's like this briefcase, and Schwarzenegger's telling him himself what to do like it's a pre pre-made video and he's like if you're do if you're re- watching this you have a wet towel on your head because that keeps the si- that silences the tracking beacon and you're gonna, not gonna like this next part so he shoves a, a this gun looking thing up his nose and pushes and it goes in and seeks out this tracer in their brain and rips it out through his nose um very memorable scene very odd scene so then he puts it on a piece of chocolate and throws it to a rat, and he runs out. And then you know Ironsides comes in. And he starts. They they have this little thing that says where he is, and they keep shooting wherever this light is. And then it turns out it's a the rat has it. Um, and it's a memorable loop of get your ass to Mars, get your ass to Mars, get your ass to Mars. So um, yep. Now so okay. Flash forward. Now they're on Mars. There's a couple. There's some scenes in between, but they're like of no consequence. Um. Everyone is still chasing him down. Like, you know, um, Sharon Stone's still alive. Ronnie Cox is the main guy on Mars. He's like corporate America. He's the he's evil overlord of Mars, you know. So he, he has all the power because there's Trivium, which is... This, they're mining it out of Mars, and he owns it all, so he's a bajillionaire and blah, 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 you know. Um, and... He gets to Mars, and there's also a resistance. There's a re- resistance in Mars that, like, Quato uh, is is a uh, is the the head of this resistance that, and they keep trying to free get free air. They keep trying to get better people because they're using people like slaves. And there's mutants because of like the bad dome that they put up at first. So there's a lot of mutant people walking around, and they have no rights and blah blah blah. You know that usual stuff. So there's a lot of guerrilla warfare going on in scenes. Uh, and you're just like, okay, that's that's odd, but whatever. Um, another poignant reality that we're used to. Uh, things blowing up and uh, things going wrong for no reason. So now we're on Mars. Interesting side fact. Uh, me and my friend Oliver Klozov, who's been on the show a couple times, um, 
there I worked at a, I worked at a place um, a long time ago that like there I, there was night shift and day shift, and my day shift guy I used to call him we used, me and Oliver Klozov used to wear call him Quato because he was this really big oddly shaped guy and and we always said he had like that little alien mutant in his stomach. Um, we were immature. I still am immature, but uh, I think uh, Oliver Klozov has has since matured a bit more than me. But a uh, fun fact, we used to just say, Quato, and we used to scream it out, and he didn't know we were talking to him because we were idiots, and so was he. Uh, fun times, man. Fun times. Now we're on Mars. Things are ramping up. Um, now, Schwarzenegger is more like, um, I don't want to say Bond, but now he has money, and he has a nice, he's, at, he's in a hotel, you know, there's a couple scenes, there's one scene where they kind of try to convince him that he's still in a dream. And he comes in, and now this is after the bar. First thing he does is go to the bar. He goes to the hotel, and there's a one piece of paper in the, the hotel safe that he left there. And it says, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? The Last Resort is this bar in the seedy part of Mutant Town. And it's on the back, in his writing, it says, for a good time, call Molina. So he walks in, and he says, uh, you know, where's Molina? And a th- the, the famous three-breasted woman comes up and says, why do you need her? You can have me. And he's like, nah, I'll just stick around for Molina. Uh, this is where we meet uh, our, our Rachel, our girl Melina, who has been in his dreams, and you know they were an item. It turns out, but but Schwarzenegger can't remember it, and uh, so she slaps him, and he's like, "I don't remember anything," uh, you know. So sorry about your luck, and then she's like, "Oh, okay, well, whatever." Um, you know, th- there's some like fake tension, but it's like, okay, whatever, you know. So. This is where he then, like, he runs out, or I should say, Melina puts a gun to his head and makes him leave. So, so you know, Douglas Quaid leaves, and he's like, okay. And this this cab driver Benny, um, who like kind of muscled him into his ca- uh, cab to get to get drive him around, now is just hanging out with him. He's like, oh come on, man, I'll take you back to your hotel. So then he goes into his hotel, and then that's when this fake doctor and and Sharon Stone come in, and he's like, "Look, you're still in your dream state. You're in total re- you're in uh, recall, and this is all part of the thing. And you just suffered an aneurysm, and you need to take this pill, and you'll come out." And Schwarzenegger doesn't believe him, but he's starting to think maybe he could be. But then he puts the pill in his mouth, and as he looks at the doctor, the doctor has a bead of sweat that run down his face after he talks him down from shooting him. And he's, and that's when he, so he murders the guy, and because uh, he's like, well now he knows it's, you know, you wouldn't sweat if you were actually just in a dream, um, so he murders him, and she's like, now you did it, and they start fighting again, and then finally Melina, they they grab him and they handcuff him, and finally then the, the elevator opens and Melina jumps out, and it's kind of a cat fight with between Melina and Sharon Stone. Uh, sexy gal versus sexy gal, and all the guys go, "Oh, this is all right. I like this. this is my favorite part." And um, and of course, Molina, Molina, you know, his fights her off, and then um, then Schwarzenegger shoots her and shoots her in the head, and says, "Consider it divorce." Uh, this is nonstop. This is all like this whole movie is like one-liners from him, and I love it. You know, can't get enough of them. So now, there's also these scenes they cut in every now and then in the office of our friend Ronnie Cox as he's being the most evil person in the world. He's basically the guy from RoboCop. He's just playing it here and instead of Clarence, it's uh, it's Ronnie Cox. I mean, it's uh, Michael Ironside, you know, as the sidekick, the henchman. Uh, Red from, uh, Red from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, actually, was the guy from RoboCop, so that was fun. Um, so now... You know, and and he keeps on kind of saying, because you know, of course, um, Ironsides wants to kill uh, Douglas Quaid. He hates him, because Sharon Stone, Lori, was actually Michael Ironsides' wife. He she was just assigned to 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 be the the wife of Arnold Schwarzenegger for all these for eight weeks, or six weeks. I think six weeks. Um, so there's a little tension there because you know it's they laughingly say oh yeah I'm sure she hated this assignment you know getting stooped by Arnold Schwarzenegger um, and Ironsides is none too happy about that so he's been trying to kill him but missing all the time and this is where Cox kind of lays into uh, Ironsides and says you know 
I, I did all this so he wouldn't get killed, you stupid idiot. If you kill him, I'll have you erased, you know, basically. So, uh, Ironside gets back in line. But now Schwarzenegger's killed his wife. So now he's kind of over-the-top loon. You know, he is, he's snapped, he's a murderous lunatic, and he's really trying to kill Quaid, um... Make, to make it look like an accident, but Ronnie Cox is, you know, because of course Ronnie Cox would uh, have him murdered. Um, finally, you know, they finally catch the two of them. Like, there was some other things, like uh, there was a scene where, um, oh yeah, th- the main scene, you know, sorry everyone, uh, the main scene is they finally go to see Quato. That was like the whole drive of this was Schwarzenegger was trying to see Quato, find the head mutant. To, to find out what the secret is, what, find out who he is, find out... Because at this point, he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't really know if he's Hauser or Douglas Quaid or whatever. So, they go into the mutants. Ronnie Cox turns off the air to the mutants section, locks it down, and they're basically suffocating and dying. Schwarzenegger goes in, and boom, this big heavy set guy opens up his his jacket... And there's a little mutant guy in his stomach. And he's a snotty little gross thing. And he's like, lend me your mind, Quaid. And he says, touch my hands. And I'd be like, oh, gross. But if I had some of that, maybe some like rubbing alcohol or, you know, like that, you know, Purell, how you spray that gel stuff. Anyway, so Swordfinger holds his hands and it's like, whoosh, you know, because they're talking about how they're finding all these artifacts in Mars and oh my God. And turns out there's a gigantic reactor that the alien race that lived on Mars never turned on. And Quato is like, hey, if you turn on that reactor, there's going to be air. And the whole world, then all of Mars will be like a second Earth. Won't that be great? Eh, be great if there weren't humans on it. But anyway, <clears throat> so, then, the army, or the, the agency breaks in and murders everyone, murders Quato, because, oh my god, Benny the cab driver was actually a double agent for the agency and he's just been keeping tabs on Hauser the whole time. See, this is a pretty in-depth movie. It's not your level, it's not your usual B-movie fare where there's not a whole lot going on. This is a very tight, for for like a 40, I guess there was like 40 some revisions of this script. It's actually pretty tight for being passed around like a, uh, like a doobie at a, you know, at an Aussie concert. Wow dating myself with the words doobie and the words Aussie concert, huh? <laughs> Man. Now, uh, yeah. So, no. Alright, we're going to take a trailer break and then when we come back, we're going to wind this up. What's going to happen? Oh my God. Will Douglas Quaid save the day or will Ronnie Cox reign supreme with evil? I think you all know the answer. And then this time I'll talk about that other movie, Time Burst, The Final Alliance. So, stay tuned for more talky talk from me, Mao. Wake up. Time to die. Pretty as a kitten. Quick as a cat. More deadly than a tiger. Judy Lee, the female Bruce Lee, is the queen boxer. See the world's most dynamite new kung fu karate queen as she seeks bloody vengeance in an explosion of human flesh. All new. All action, all fighting Hellcat. The Queen Boxer takes the newest look at the oldest law. An eye for an eye. (coughs) Terry Levine presents an Aquarius Films release. The Queen Boxer in widescreen Panavision and color. Warning. Due to the constant and violent action shown throughout this picture, those under 17 will not be admitted without parent. Rated R. This tells it like it is over there. Here, the difference is the battle line. Phil won a medal, and he came home for a long, hard ride ahead with a friend's promise to keep and a friend's woman to take. Then he could start living for himself, if he was still alive. The Hard Ride is a motion picture of three loves. A man's love for a friend, a woman's love for a man, and their love of living. See The Hard Ride in color 
rated GP. Hear the original soundtrack music available on Family Paramount Records. Two-headed transplant. Evil lurks in the head of man, twisting tortured brains to satisfy fiendish desires. Remember Frankenstein, Wolfman, and King Kong. In each case, a woman of incredible beauty soothed their raging passions. Now, a monster more terrifying in appearance, more diabolical in its deeds, with two brains and two heads grafted on the body of a giant to create the incredible two-headed transplant. A monster with two insane passions, one to kill, one to love, twice as terrifying as any monster of fact or fiction. You must see the incredible two-headed transplant. It lives, it loves, it kills. Attracted by beauty, it could not resist. The incredible two-headed transplant. The incredible two-headed transplant. In color, rated GP. The incredible two-headed transplant. Everybody, I am from Holland. Isn't that weird? So, is everyone with me so far? I always kind of worry when I'm going through this stuff, like, scene by scene, and people are like, oh my god, what's he talking about? Hopefully I can, I'm visually describing it in ways that you'll, like, be like, oh, okay, I know. Well, actually, hopefully you, you've watched it, and you're just, like, you're enjoying my critique. So, anyway, now they're on Mars. They're running around. They're, Melina and Quaid are running away from the bad guys. <clears throat> they're cornered. Uh, they kill Benny with a with a drill, which is a pretty fun sight. Now they're up, now they're running around, and because they had when they when they killed Quato, they grabbed Molina and Hauser, and this is where Ronnie Cox does this like this like info dump about backstory, where actually Douglas Quaid was Ronnie Cox's best friend Hauser, and Hauser was the king of all evil. He served. He was his best friend, and they actually, you know, Ronnie Cox and and uh, Schwarzenegger came up with his idea to turn him into Douglas Quaid to infiltrate, so the mutants couldn't find out that he was on the bad guy's side. So it was like a a, a double cross, and then and Schwarzenegger's like, I don't believe you, and you're you're full of shit. I'm Douglas Quaid, and then their video comes out, and he's like, ha. Uh, no, I'm sorry, bad news for you. Um, you're really Hauser, and I want my body back because I want my old life back. So they were going to transplant Hauser's brain back into Schwarzenegger's body. And he's like, well, you like Melina. I'll make her a, a you know, we're going to turn her into the perfect little woman for you, you know. So they're going to put her into the mind, that you know, the total recall machine as well and make her a subservient wife. And... Schwarzenegger rips as they leave, and Schwarzenegger, the classic bad guy leaving and assuming everything's going to go right. I think uh, Doctor Evil said it best. Well, what? I'm, I'm just going to assume it goes to plan. So, um, so, so Schwarzenegger rips the uh, arm thing off and stabs the doctor through the neck with it, a long post, and very gory. I guess they this was this got an X rating at first from the gore, and they toned it down. I can only imagine what that looked like. So now. So he and then he saves Melina and they run out. Now they're on their way to 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 turn on the reactor, and this is where you know finally Ronnie Cox, you know um, Ironside is in and he's like, so what are we going to do? You have to make a decision. He's like, all right, kill him, and he was very sad about it because Hauser really was his friend, like he really genuinely liked the guy who became Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid, Douglas Quaid. Dennis Quaid, no, uh, who became him, so it was a tough decision, but finally he said, kill him, and, he, and then Ironside is, of course, like, about time, <laughs> evil. So now him and a whole gang of people are in this reactor, this alien reactor from a million and a half years ago, or something like that, and um, Sorkin Snaker has this little light, or a little watch that makes a reflection of him. So he's walking out in the middle of the guys, and they're machine gunning him, and he goes, ha, 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 you missed, and he jumps out in the street, murders him. And this cat and mouse crap goes on for a while until all the, all the henchmen are dead, you know. And then uh, him, then he goes on there, and or Ironsides runs to this 
uh, industrial elevator, and uh, Schwarzenegger jumps on there and starts beating the crap out of him because they both had enough of each other. And he throws Ironsides over the side, and then Ironsides grabs him to try and pull him down with him, and then he pulls him up, and a cliff shears off Ironsides, and he's standing there holding two hands, and he throws him a, uh, throws him down onto his like off the cliff, and he says, "Hey, I see you at the potty, Richter," which prompts a very good um, "See you at the party, Richter," which is another Austrian death machine song. I'm telling you, folks, go out and listen to Iron uh, to Austrian death machine. You'll be glad you did. If you like Schwarzenegger stuff, they are, without a doubt, the funniest, most proficient actual band that does... They just sing everything like Schwarzenegger. And I love every second of it. So, now he's up there, and he's going to turn the reactor on. Molina shows up, and there's, there's you know, Ronnie Cox. Villos Cohagen. Villos? Villos. I don't think they ever say his first name. He's referred to as Colhagen, uh, come on, Colhagen. Uh, you know that's what they call him throughout the movie. So Colhagen's there to to stop him. He's like, you can't do it, and he says some malarkey, and then they he puts a bomb and he tries to blow it up, and then Schwarzenegger throws the bomb out down this tube, and it blows up the shield, and it starts pulling him out in this very odd scene. The scene goes on very long, and it's like weird. They're all hanging on for dear life as the vacuum is sucked out of this machine. And, uh, you know, Melina's dangling there, and you can see various shots of her, and he's standing there. Um, and finally, you know, Colhagen goes flying out this ec- the, the uh, vent, and he falls down this Martian, the side of this Martian mountain. And this is where this movie... If you ever watched this movie, this is the part you're going to remember. Because these, when the, when they fly out, they don't just die, and they don't just go, Ugh, and then just die. They become like those little, you know those stress balls where you squeeze it, and, and the little the faces pop out, their eyes and their ears pop out, and weird things happen? That's what these do, for like minutes. So you're watching poor old Ronnie Cox sitting there going, and his eyes are bulging out and these red things and it looks like they have goiter you know they're like his, he becomes a frog man and then finally he dies and you're like weird so Schwarzenegger puts his hand, his hand in this thing and pushes it down and it and starts the reactor but then he falls out and then Melina falls out so now these two those two roll down the side of this mountain and they start going, and they look odd. He looks crazy. Like, the pictures of him, I'll, I'll make sure that when I do the screen caps for our, make sure you go to our website. It's uh, slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com. That, I put a lot of stuff up there. Like, there's a, there you see the pictures, and you can click on stuff, and it's, it's fun for the whole family. But I'll make sure I pick put some of those where they look like frog people, because at the time, it was very good special effects. Very good. Spe- they, this won a lot of awards, major awards, like a lamp. Um, but this, but this, you know, <laughs> it's so odd and off-putting when you watch it now. But as this is happening, the reactor's starting, and then you know this this mountain explodes with air, and air smashes through all the windows, and then they go back to normal, which is like I don't think that's how that would work at all either. I think you'd be picking up parts of your chin, cheeks, and your eye and shit for the next couple weeks. But they're young and tight and hot, so they go back to normal. The glass smashes and the and blue skies on Mars. And Schwarzenegger kisses Molina. Finn. The end. Now, you've heard, this is a, an incredibly good movie. Um, in that it's when you watch it, you have to remember this was the 80s. This is one of those movies that if they did a re, if they redid it faithful to the original, but like made it new technology, everything would look so much nicer. But I also think that would lose a lot of what this movie is. This is an 80s movie. That movies from the 80s, just like other decades, have like a certain sheen to them. You know, <laughs> like 70s movies are like like afros and paneling and and like 80s stuff was unique all to itself it was very plastic and 
neon and shiny and weird. And this one is perfect. It is perfect just for that thing. I love RoboCop. Of course, RoboCop would be higher than this one. But, um, boy, you know, if you like 80s or if you like Schwarzenegger or if you like sci-fi, I'm sure you've already seen it and that's why you're listening to this podcast. But, you know, this one is without a doubt... I, I don't know if I could say it's my fa- it's not my favorite Schwarzenegger, but it's definitely top ten. And make of that what you will. I mean, obviously Terminator. You know, well, I I, I can't even rank them now. I'd have to sit down and actually think through them, because I even like some of his weird stuff, like Raw Deal. You know, Predator was awesome. Um, just so many Conan, of course. Even you watch uh, some of the newer stuff, like uh, Expendables. Uh, there's, there's this goofball one called Sabotage, which is just... I don't know what the hell you want to call that. Um, Running Man, Red Heat, Raw Deal, like, you know, Red Sonja. It goes on and on and on, you know. I've really watched a lot of his stuff, and I, I, I always think of it quite fondly. But yeah, for sure... If you like, uh, you know, good sci-fi, make sure you check out. If you haven't seen it already, my God, see the original. Uh, raw, uh, uh, I almost said raw deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> make sure you see the original raw deal, and then after that, watch the movie I've been talking about, which is Total Recall. Um, give this like a boy. I don't know if I should even keep the rating system. I mean, I'm gonna, I guess, because some of them I'm. I'm going to start doing a little bit nuttier stuff, and some of it's going to be like a 0 or 1. But this one I'm going to go ahead and get, say like an 8, because uh, really solid entry. Not a whole lot of time, but I still will talk a little bit about it. There's one called Time Burst, The Final Alliance. I started watching this one as a because um, I was going to do it as, for uh, uh, Asian Cult Cinema, but then I was like, ah, I don't want to do that for Asian cult cinema. It wasn't int- interesting enough, you know, at this point. And Time Burst, The Final Alliance is from 1989, directed by Peter Yuval. Y- Yuval Bull? No, not even close. Uh, several different factions compete for in the search for ancient Japanese tablets that have the secret of immortality. Yep, that's a thing. And it stars David Scott King as Urbane... Uh, Michi McGee as Jane, as Michiko. Um, Gerald Okamura, which you know him as Master. Uh, I don't know, Gerald, is that right? That can be right. Gerald Okamura. He's been in, like, a lot of stuff. Uh, he was, okay, born in Hawaii. Yeah, it is. Okay, born in Hawaii, 1940. Gerald. So he, he was in Big Trouble Little China, Mortal Kombat. Uh, just... You know, he he was even in Samurai Cop, which, oh my God. So anyway, yeah. So this was just one of those weird little sci-fi movies that popped up, and I was like, well, I'll give it a try. And it was it was clearly made with um, not a whole lot of money. Most everyone in it has no picture and starred in exactly one I one thing. You know, uh, the girl Michi McGee. Who was she? Was pretty, but not what I would consider a very good actress. Uh, she was in uh, she was in that Lost Platoon. That's where it came up. I was like wondering why it would have bothered uh, saying that, but yeah, she was in that as like Queen Evil. I tried looking her up. I couldn't find anything about her really. Um, you know, just it just says Michi McGee is an actress known for Time Burst, uh, In Gold We Trust, and The Lost Platoon, spanning from 1989 to 1990. Uh, I often like to find out and read more about the people that are in these movies and uh, couldn't find anything about her. Which is, okay, whatever. That happens a lot with B-movies. People just, they do a few movies and then off they go. So this thing, it's, it's ba- I think at the beginning of it they were trying to make this, this like, they were showing like how he was, how this guy was like lived for 300 years. They showed him in the samurai times and he's, in Japan, you know, and he's like this English guy running around in Japan, and he 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 reads the tablet and becomes immortal, and and so the mas- master Okamura kicks him out and says, "You weren't supposed to do that. Get out of here. You've you've lost my trust now. Leave. Never come back." And um, they were tr- and then they show like present time where he's he's trying to find these 
these scriptures now for somebody and it's really ill-defined and, and they're trying to like draw parallels like of him running in the past and running in the future but then they dropped that because it didn't work it didn't work at all you know and uh, you know ugh, I, it's like I don't even really know a whole heck of a lot of what to talk about with this one like this guy he's playing the he's trying to be the reluctant hero or actor uh, Urbane and um you know, this is one that just... It could have got MST'd and then it probably would have been more popular. Um, but it didn't. And it just fell into obscurity. You know, th- th- this is literally just this this entity where, like, there's a time travel movie and he's, like, he has a sword and he's immortal. But a lot of times, like, these henchmen are trying to shoot... They shoot him and he's like, oh, I can't die. And they're like, oh, we got you now. Oh, I can't die. Oh, we got you now. And there's this K-car... Uh, you know, Michi, Michi McGee is driving this K car, and that's weird, but whatever. So, you know, at the end, uh, he becomes mortal and falls in love, and Master you know, forgives him, and then he kills him, and uh, I don't know. And there's this big showdown. There's like ninjas and stuff running around. I think in the 80s, I I don't know how to say this correctly, so I'll just be myself. I don't think America. And American films knew how to ha- knew what to do with Japan and Japan's heritage and culture. I think we thought it was neat, but we didn't approach it with any kind of reverence or any kind of like, oh, you know, this is kind of a really sacred thing. Don't just trample it. And I think this movie falls right into that, you know, that whole mix of like, just kind of, oh yeah, look at this Japanese. That's that's cool, you know. And they just kind of grab whatever they want and try to just just pretend that they're Japanese and you're like I don't think that's how that would work so it was forgettable I mean you know Time Burst The Final Alliance it, it's on it's a stream it's on streaming you can find it for free if you want to if you like time travel movies watch Time Cop and then if you have more time to kill or you're hungover then watch Time Burst The Final Alliance and um yeah, and you'll forget you ever did the next time you drink. That this will be reset out of my brain as soon as I get drunk, which uh, been off the sauce a little bit lately. But I know sooner or later I'm gonna run into a couple beer and then, then I'll never remember this movie again. And that's a good thing. So um, if you're Michi McGee, Michi McGee, if that's not your real, that can't be your real name. If you're Michi McGee and you're listening to this, shoot me an email. I'd like to talk to you and interview for you for this. How did you go? For three movies and then never again. That's the question I have to ask. Um, maybe I should just start trying to be a B movie actor. I don't know. Anyone need any angry fat guys in their movies? Hit me up. I know a lot about movies. I, I've been on public access for years, so I can I can act my way out of a paper bag. I'll act like Michi. All right. So don't watch that unless you're drunk or hungover. Then watch that and then say, "Wow, Mouse sucks. He should have never told me to never watch that." Alright, that's going to be it for this week. Total Recall, good. Time Burst, The Final Alliance, bad. There you go. See you next week, everyone. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants.
And there was a garden, beautiful garden, held in the arms of a world without joy. And then there was laughter, wonderful laughter, for he created a girl and a boy. And the Lord said, oh, laugh, children laugh, Lord said, laugh, children laugh, Lord said, laugh. any more like laughing than I do right now. 